Several years ago, about three years ago, I think, we did a shir on Vyagra wherein we asked the main operative question, was Truman Tetzavah so much fun we decided to do it again? But, uh, of course, we're not going to deal with that tonight, but there is a entire, uh, you know, I mean, when you go into Vyakel, there isn't really that much to choose from. It's sort of a giveaway. That's why it doesn't take the usual detective work as well as somewhat twisted imagination to figure out the title that it does on regular occasions, Reflections. And uh, obviously, it's, you know, since I'm usually limited to a Rashi, you know, and there aren't that many to choose from, uh, I will start from the back just to throw everybody <laughs> off, right? We'll start from the, from the opposite side. Next week is Pekude, right? Almost as exciting as Vyakel, but it actually starts with an accounting Right? In finest Jewish tradition of what was given. And here's the gold and what was done with the gold. And here's the silver and what was done with the silver. And now, that's how much copper was given. End of the accounting. Hence, it did not take much imagination to figure out that the kior and the kano was not listed in the accounting. It says how much <laughs> copper was given. It listed everything that was made from mm-hmm. the copper. And then it doesn't list the kior, the kanoi. Right? So... I, that's the end of Rashi. I'm starting the end and working my way backwards, you know? And um, now you know the rest of the story, yeah? So when you come to this week's parasha, Perik Lamar Ches Pasik Ches, it's an easy one to spot because it's one of the few Rashis that exist and it's a rather large one. Vyasis Kiyon Nechoshes, Vyas Kano Nechoshos, Bemarais Hatsovos, Ashetsovu Pesach Oel Moed. It's a strange posik in general. And the kior, right, the wash basin, was made out of the copper, and the base was also made out of copper. From the mirrors, yeah? Um, What's asher tsovu? Says Targum Unculus, because Sometimes we get stuck in English, but we're much better with conversational Aramaic. That's why I think it's so convenient they give you this running Aramaic translation. So you're looking and you say, Tzitzis, oh, Kruspadin, why didn't they say so? That's so much easy, I appreciate that. So uh, we, of course, <laughs> turn to Uncleus, who gives us that easy running Aramaic translation, and he tells us, the Mechzian Neshaya, the the mirrors of the women, the Osyon Litsaloa Bisra Mishkan Zimna, who came to Davin by the by the Oamoid. The women who came to Davin. For some reason, women were sitting there Davening at the Oamoid. So Rashi, this is the famous Rashi, it's one of the few on Vyakel, so it makes it extremely famous. Yeah. The Mars 
So I just want to point out that um, tomorrow night I'm going to be speaking with Rabbi Fran, <coughs> and um, uh, I was talking to him once about how terrible it is to name drop. But uh, in any event, he um, he uh, does a parsha year, you know, every year. Not like me; I at least you know skip every two weeks, you know, and then I go to America every now and then. But uh, he um, he whenever he comes to parshas for Yakel, he only does Hilcha Shabbos. He figures, you know, it starts with Shabbos, Shabbos the Mishkan, you know, he's got 39 shirim out of that that'll last him 40 years. So, um, with an introduction, you know, you know, get the cheshman these things in. So, um, so the same thing over here, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't do the Yako that often, so I have to be a little bit more creative, yeah? So, uh, there's about two other Rashis. I did, I did one of them the last time. So, B'maris HaSavos, B'nos Yisrael Hoya B'yodin Maris. The women had in their possession mirrors, which they would look at when they would fix themselves up to put on their makeup. Not a really bizarre concept here so far. So far we're in pretty safe territory. And they didn't even hold back their mirrors to bring. They, they didn't even hold back their mirrors. They were even willing to give their mirrors. <coughs> One of the Farshim said, because now they didn't have to look good anymore. <laughs> More about that. But in any event, Sahara. <laughs> and Moshe was disgusted by these things because the mirrors were used for the Yetzirah. Now, Pashtis, I would say, because they were using it to fix themselves up. Rashi doesn't say that. He's going to bring a different explanation. Number of the Rishonim and the Mepharshe Rashi all go off on a more technical point on this Pasuk. Namely, when the jewelry was being given. So, along with the ubiquitous bracelets and nose rings and, uh, you know what I mean, and uh, all that kind of stuff. We spoke about this uh, this year on Parshish Chaisa, and the nose rings and stuff. But anyway, when it, it, they gave all the other jewelry, one of the things they gave was the kumas, which is described as an article of jewelry which goes k'neged oiso which is a nice way of saying something that is not very nice to say. Right? And that's a piece of jewelry, absolutely bizarre concept, but they even gave their kumas. And all of them first say, that's a lot more disgusting than a mirror. Right? So, um, so it says, I know, but when it came to the gold, they melted everything down. And I don't know where this gold came from. I don't know where this gold came from. A bracelet, or came from a kumas, or came from a nose ring. I, I have no, I have no uh, you know, vested interest in this. But the, as we saw when we looked in Parshish Pekude, the entire Kiar Vekano was only made out of the mirrors. The Ramban suggests maybe because since a, to get a piece of copper to be an effective mirror, it must be very highly polished. Hence, this was seen as very good copper, as copper goes. And so this was, I guess, a better type of copper, a better polished copper. And since the entire Kiarva Kano was only made out of mirrors, so then when you look at the entire Klee, you know that the whole Klee is made out of these mirrors. 
So you have a whole class of Yachid, whereas there's nothing that particularly came from the Kumas itself. But this whole Kli came from it. Interestingly enough, there are those Mepharshim who say not that the copper from the mirrors were melted down to be made into the Kiyarvikano, but they actually made the Kiyarvikano out of the mirrors without melting them down. How they stuck them all together, I'm not clear. But they, they made it out of mirrors, which means the Kiyar and the Kano were reflective. It was a big mirror, says the, da, the Dasikanim, because the women wanted to see what was going on, you know, at the Mizbeach, and they couldn't see, because they couldn't go in. So they gave all their mirrors for the Kiyar, so it was all reflecting back. So they had a way of watching the action on the Mizbeach. And also when you go in the Olamoid, you know, it could reflect over and you could see it. Right? That's, uh, that's one approach with the man of mirrors. Uh, a number of the Rishonim say it was so that when the Kohen was going to bring a korban for a lady, he'd be able to see the lady. You've got to be able to see the mop. So it wasn't nice, you know, for the lady in her stare. You could see her reflected in the mirror back there. You understand? So uh, she was in the mirror. The Arizal, and I'd like to tell you I have such bikiyas that I just whipped this out of the Arizal, but, you know, it's always nice to have a small midas MS, you know. The Mayam Loes brings down an Imre Sheffer who quotes an Arizal. So, hate to bear my soul, and, and I only found that in the art scroll. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> the Mayam Loes, but the, the Arizal brings down an absolutely unbelievable concept, and to put this into context, I have to explain to you an insight that I got years ago. Because there's a concept, Yisrael Kedoshim Him, and everything is, is you know, uh, important. So I'm sharing with you a story, which I don't know if I'm supposed to share, but uh, that's what makes this year so interesting. Anyway, um, I, I work in a seminary, Darachibina, and uh, one year they decided to make a Shabbaton for prospective students. This is the way they would bring in, you know, some of the outstanding teachers, me, and um, <laughs> so the rest of them, you know, were expensive, but I think it was relatively cheap. Anyway, so uh, they uh, were going to bring in uh, me, and they made the Shabbaton in, uh, in Brooklyn for all the prospective students. Now, as it happened, they didn't get any students from this. This was a, this was a really bad idea, because they invited everybody who had applied, but they weren't planning on accepting them. So the girls that they really wanted looked at the girls who weren't going to be accepted and said, oh, they're going here, I don't want to go here. And the girls who weren't going to be accepted didn't come in. So they all ended up going to a different seminary together. It's pretty funny when you think about it. But, you know, <laughs> but in any event, but this was where I gained some of my keen insights into life. A lot of them I get from moments like this. And usually it comes from listening in on other people's conversations. But in this particular case, here's me and, and Rabbi Kurland, you know, and a hundred girls um, at this uh, the shop town. And Mary Curland, who's been in girls' education longer than I have, uh, shared with me the following insight. He says, watch as every girl goes to wash. And it was absolutely amazing. Every single girl, come on. I mean, I, you know, I just washed a little bit to get a sampling, but they would go over. Well, of course, first you put the ring in the mouth. You understand? If you don't have a ring, you borrow it from somebody. You, <laughs> you know? And you fill up the clee, and then you stop and look at yourself in the towel dispenser. And every single girl would go over and go like this. You know? And then go on. 
So I thought that was fascinating. He, 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 this was one of the many insights that Ray Curling gave me. The other one was that whereas guys eat ice cream like this, girls eat it like this. And I, these are some of the keen insights that I've gained in life now. Now that I'm getting old, it's important to share this information with other people. I don't know how much longer I've got. I want to make sure that there's somebody to carry on these important traditions. But in any event, so, um, so where's the McCorfrit? It's an Arizal. <laughs> so the Arizal says the women wanted to make the Kiar Dafka out of the mirrors. Because the first Avoda is you have to go and wash the Tilos Yudayim and Raglayim as it happens. Right? So, uh... <laughs> My wife told me she was trying to rest this morning and the three little kids were going nuts. You know what I mean? And she hears all this noise and she comes out and there's my two-year-old, you know, sitting on the counter with his feet in the sink. You know what I mean? And she says, all right, that's it. You know, party's over, you know? And my five-year-old says, he's the Kohen. Who's <laughs> like, push it, you know? <laughs> Don't you know how to do Kiddush Yadayim Reglayim? You, know I mean? you want me to get it all over the floor? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, we, we were living here about two years and the kids were playing whatever it was uh, I don't know cowboys and Indians cops and robbers uh, police and haredim I don't know which game they were playing but you know so at some point like everybody got shot like everybody died you know it was like they killed everybody and they're all lying on the ground and one kid goes and they all get up you know like, we didn't have that when I was growing up you know <laughs> gives you a different perspective in life but anyway so uh, everybody would go to uh, the Kohanim would go, first thing, before anything else, you go to the Kiar and you wash your Daim and since it would be a mirror, the Kohanim would stop and look at themselves in the mirror. So in case they are worried, you're going to start the Avoda. You can't go into the Avoda not looking right. So of course, men don't have mirrors. Understand? We only have those, you know, like guilty tefillin mirrors. Those are the ones we're really supposed to have. You know, so when you're Tefillin is on. You can like sort of hold it like this. The only thing is it's too small, so you can't really see your head. You know what I mean? And you're like trying to get a perspective over here, you know? And then there are those who put it on the bottom of the little tefillin box so it cracks. You know what I mean? You have little shards of broken glass in your bag, and you put it on your arm. And anyway, that's a whole other story, you know? But uh, you know, you get a little mirror. So uh, this way, they wouldn't have a mirror. So they're going to do the avoda. Let me see how I look. What's that? What's that? Oh, this is a little off. You know what I mean? I straightened my belt. It was 32 ounces. It took a while to straighten. You know, really, you know? Yeah, that's okay. You know, Make sure there's no set. They want him to look good. And he goes on on this at great length where he says, people walk into davening and they're not looking appropriate. How do you go into the avoda? But boker was not appropriate. You know? Baruch Hashem, my, uh, my five-year-old who uh, decided he's going to be a tzaddik, he told us just the other day, um, is working, you know, on uh, on his various tzitkis. He uh, last night we were trying to get him to sleep, and he says, "I have to say to him, say to him, three kapitlach to him, one that I become a tzaddik, one that we have another child who will be a talmud chacham, and uh, and the third is that Hashem builds the base of mikdash." So then, okay, finishes the hill. We go thing. He says, "Wait, I have to say one more. Why? So that they find Bin Laden." <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, yes, indeed. In any event, I, you couldn't make this stuff up. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know. So, uh, so uh, anyway, so uh, he was, 
uh, you know, there was one time, so I said, you have to go and, you know, wash your hands and wash your face, you know what I mean? And he didn't want to. It was at one point. So I don't want to go wash out. I said, what do you mean? It's a mitzvah. Right? Hillel. Hillel was going to the bathhouse. And they said, where are you going? The Merchatz. Because he says, I'm going to do a mitzvah. I said, what are you doing? So he says, see the statues of the king? You know? He was a little stuck how you're allowed to have a statue. But okay. So you see the statue of the king? See how they washed him every day, Hillel says? That's a cover to the king. He says, we were made B'Tselem Elohim. That means that we have to, you know, keep ourselves nice and neat. We have to fix ourselves up. You know? Now he's always very careful. He washes his hands and face. You know, because you have to, you have to look good. Right? So the, he says, people go into davening. You know? Disheveled. Falling apart. You know? Some people have, uh, you know, followed the, the halacha. You know, the, the approach. They're just supposed to wear a hat and jacket. But not necessarily a hat and jacket that gives cover to anybody. It was like they found it in the Hefka pile in the back of the base madrash. You know what I mean? This is not the way one would greet a king, at least not more than once. You know what I mean? It means you're supposed to go into davening looking appropriate. You know what I mean? You're supposed to look good. You're supposed to be together. You're supposed to, you know, dress. You know? So, um, so that's uh, that's what he goes on. But in any event, they made it mamish out of the mirrors. Pashas, they made it out of the mirrors. And certainly the Arisal said they made it out of the mirrors. Other people take the same approach. A number of Mepharshim say they didn't just melt it down and make it, but they mamish made it out of the mirrors. In any event. So Ma- Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to take them. So it was Moshe because it was for Yetzirah. Armelo Kodesh Baruch Hu. Yeah? Kabel. Take them. Ki elu chavivim alayim and hakol. This is the most precious, more than the gold, more than the silver, more than the tchelis, more than the argaman. Argaman was weighed like, like gold. Yeah, more than the Atze Shita, more than everything that was given are the women's little copper mirrors. Why? She'al yedehem ha'amidu hanoshim tzvois rabos v'mitzrayim. Through these, we got many uh, multitudes or congregations or hosts of B'nai Yisrael. Obviously, I take off the word v'maros ha'sovos ha'tzvois. That's the idea there. Why? <clears throat> Their husbands were broken from the hard work. They would go out and bring them food and drink. And they would feed them. Right? Uh, it says they would go down to draw the water by the river and Hashem made fish that came out, so they boiled two pots, one for them to be able to wash themselves, and one for them to cook the, the, the fish. Yeah? The noglas hamaros, and then they would take their mirrors, the kol achas roya atzma imbaala vimara, and each one would see herself and her husband reflected in the mirror. Umishadaltoi bidvarim loimar ani noemimcha. Speak to him and say, I'm prettier than you. <coughs> you needed a mirror for this? <laughs> this was a chiddush? The guy thought that maybe he was better looking? So one person said to me, yeah, maybe. You know. So when he saw himself, he saw how uh, he looked. You know what I mean? He says, oh, you, know, you look a lot better by comparison. Maybe you know, he had a much higher position than himself. Somebody else wanted to say it's based on the contrast. Right? As uh, they explain in the Pesach in Mishlei, uh, a gold ring in the nose of a pig. A pig is in general pretty ugly. 
When you put a gold ring into the nose of a pig, he's uglier. Because the contrast of the beauty makes him look even uglier. Yeah? Somebody pointed out, he says, I figured out how to look thin. Hang around with fatter people than you. You know what I mean? This way the comparison helps. <laughs> you know? So I guess when they looked at the two of them together, she says, look how good looking I am. Look how terrible you look. You know what I mean? That's always a warm thought. <laughs> anyway, so they look at the two of them in the mirror. And from this they came to Taiva. And they had children. Right? Under the apple tree. Right? Hence the expression, don't sit under the apple tree. In any event, um, the truth of the matter is, what, what, what's Rashi bringing this in for? He's trying to explain to us how they looked in the mirrors and etc. In the schus of this, HaKadosh Baruch who gave them that tremendous mace that the mitzvah weren't able to kill the children. Right? Uh, the the medrash is, of course, you know, uh, amazing where it says they would go and then they would get swallowed up by the earth and then, and then the rocks would feed them and, you know, and they would come back out when they were big enough, you know, to be able to survive. This was in the schus of the mirrors that this tremendous nace took place. Right? Fine. So this is where the mirrors came from. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to take the mirrors. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, take the mirrors. They're so chaviv to me. V'na'asa kiyor mehem. So why the kiyor? <coughs> Interesting sort of a kasha, because really the truth is, they could have just donated their mirrors. But you see, when we make the accounting of the copper, they didn't use the copper for any of the other things. They were evidently, you know, made this specific, a specific donation. I want this to go for the Kiyar Vekanoi. Why? The Kiyar and the Kano are used to make Sholom for Sholom Bayis. Peace between a husband and wife. In case a wife becomes a Sota. This is this is really shown bias with serious, serious difficulties. You know what I mean? This is not your normal, you know, he doesn't do the dishes, you know what I mean? And uh, he doesn't take out the garbage, you know what I mean? This is, uh, this is pretty serious, you know? It means that a man gave his wife hasra, warning, and said, you are not allowed to be misyached with plony long enough for the time to be able to have relations. And she decided to do this in front of Adim, the halacha is she is now forbidden to her husband and must get divorced. Parenthetically, this din exists today as well. Should a man decide to give uh, this kinoi to his wife and tell her you cannot be misyached with a particular person for this amount of time, if she is, she is now usher and there's nothing you can do about it. In the time of the Beis HaMikdash, you had the option to go to the base of Mikdash and choose a woman. The option to choose to become a Sota. We're in. Right? She would, we would take water from the Kiar, a little dirt from the ground of the Mishkan or the base of Mikdash. There was a tile they used to lift up to get a little dirt that they would put into the water. They would write on a cloth a whole little parasha along with Hashem's name and then dissolve it in the water. You're not allowed to erase Hashem's name. 
But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, let my name be erased in order to be able to make Shalom Ben Ish for Isha. And if she was innocent, then not only did nothing happen to her, but she had an easier time in childbirth and if her children weren't coming out so good, they came out better. And, you know, if she couldn't have children, Chana in, 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 in Shiraz, Chana says, you know, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, do you want me to become a Sota? You know what you want me to do so I can get drink uh, the mesota to be able to have a kid? Is that what you want from me? You know? So uh, that was it. If she was lying, um, it had a less than desirable effect, you know? And, uh, and uh, you know, and, you know, the husband had been complaining that she had a problem with her temper and now she really blew up. And <laughs> I was teaching her, you know, some math and I was thinking about, you know, they said, one second, what does this? I said, it's, it's called the May Sota, the, the soda water. He says, well, I heard soda water has a little bit of a fizz, but I didn't think it was that bad. You know, just blow you up, you know what I mean? Well, you learn something every day, you know what I mean? So this was tremendously romantic. They decided to give their mirrors to make the kiyohadu so that in case one of them had decided to be misyached with another man, they could drink the water from the kiyohadu. It's so beautiful. Yeah? And then he brings that little raya from uh, from Pekude that we just mentioned. This is the Rashi. <coughs> now, this is, a, this is a very strange idea. Right? Rashi says, <coughs> They went there to give their Nadaba. The Ibn Ezra and others have them actually hanging out at the Ohel Moe Davening. Interesting, the Kliyaka says, he says, I, I, I'll take the idea of the, of the Ebenezer in a different sense. I, I don't like the idea of all the women congregating outside of the Oel Moed davening. That doesn't sound so nice. So he says, Pesach Oel Moed was the door of their own tent. And because of that Moed, of that Moed is Yad of connection of uh, of appointment, you know, where they would would be with their husbands. That's the reason that every Jewish tent was called the Ohel Moed, and uh, and not of course that they all congregated over there. So you know uh, we could say that they were davening by their tents. Rashi says that they just went there to be able to bring them the dove. But uh, but this is the idea, a very strange idea. <coughs> They would take their mirrors and look at themselves and their husbands in the mirror, and then they would say, I'm prettier than you. And here the husband, who wasn't particularly interested in having any children in Mitzrayim, decided to. Now, this is an unbelievable thing on the part of the women, right? Because, you know, again, I've never uh, been a slave, and I've never been pregnant, and I've never been a pregnant slave. But my guess is it can't be pleasant. And so if there was anybody who should have not wanted to have this situation take place, it should have been the women. But in fact, the women were mice and nefesh to be able to have these children. It was this ability to be able to see beyond the present situation, to see out of the haze and to be able to see past it into what was going on, what, what the future would hold. An amazing thing. And then who knows if these kids would ever survive. Akash Baruch made an unbelievable nace in this. Was. But evidently the key to this was the mirror. 
Not that the wife fixed herself up in the mirror, but rather that she would look at herself and her husband in the mirror. Why is that? Why is that? So I think to understand this, we have to get a little insight <coughs> into mirrors. Right? Everybody loves to say over the, the vart, you know, the Hasidic Shavart, that the way they used to make a mirror is they take a piece of glass and they'd, uh, and they'd um, you know, coat it with silver in the back, you know, and then that would be the reflection. And that's how you would reflect, you know, so they would go, they'd go to raise money. He says, don't you see all the problems that are going out in the world? He says, no. He says, that's because the silver takes the glass and makes it just reflect yourself. If you took away the silver, you took the kesef and gave it to somebody else who needs it, then you'd be able to see out the window more clearly. <coughs> so somebody, three different people told me over this part. It's a famous part. I said, it's cute, but that doesn't work with a copper mirror. And I said, this wasn't made out of glass. This was made out of copper. You know, What's a mirror? A mirror is something that reflects. Interestingly enough, what do you do if you don't happen to have a mirror? Probably the easiest attainable reflective material that we have is water. Interesting that the kiar, which holds the water, was made out of the mirrors. Let's take this one step further. Right? Where did the water for the kiar come from? Right? The the air of Miriam. Note that it is Miriam of our three leaders who brings the water. There's something unique about the women bringing water so it would be. Well, let's take that one one step further because we have one of the starring roles in Tanakh played by Rivka. Besides dressing up her son like her other son, right? the other thing she does is carry water. To be able to bring it to wood all the camels. And that's what Eliezer wants to find. I don't want to find just any woman. I want to find a water carrying woman. This woman carries water. That's great. Miriam brings the water. That's what I'm looking for. The women want to build the kior. That's the, the unbelievable godless of the woman. And it's interesting that they make it out of mirrors which are reflective, and water is reflective. So let's bring a story. Uh, that's in the Gemara about reflective water. And before we do, I will bring a Greek myth about reflective water, La Havdil. I remember listening to a tape where Rabbi David Cohen was asked, are you allowed to learn Greek and Roman mythology? I assume Norse mythology would be included in it. Yeah, are you allowed to learn mythology? So he said, of course. Of course. What's his Raya Ladava? His Raya Ladava is, where do the names of the months come from that we use? The Torah has very creative names for the month. First month, second month, third month, fourth month, fifth month, and so it goes. Yeah? Catchy to the point. Right? There was at one point they used to do that on the regular calendar too. September, October, November, December. Right? Seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth month. Yeah? Um, but then you started to name them you know, over more interesting things like January after the Roman god Janus, or June after the after the god Juno, or um, March after the after the god of war Mars, because he would uh, 
they would you would come out of winter quarters and start your wars again in uh, in the springtime, you know. So uh, they were named after gods. He says that was the names that we took for our months: Tammuz, yeah, Iyar, um, uh, uh, Tishrei. These were names of gods, Babylonian gods. Why did we use them? Because once Bavo was defeated and it was proven that their gods had no power, so to mention them is just making fun of them. You know? I'm sure there was a time when people in the Scandinavian countries used to take Thor pretty seriously. The guy with the hammer and stuff. Now he's got his own comic book. You know what I mean? How seriously can you take a god who's got his own comic? You know what I mean? And he's got a secret identity and stuff like that. You know, that's pretty pathetic. What kind of a god is that? You know what I mean? My goodness. So anyway, it's a sure you can learn mythology because when you learn it, you realize how silly this stuff is. You know? So there was a guy by the name of a Narcissus. A Narcissus. I think his name was Narcissus. If I remember my mythology correctly, Narcissus. And he was very beautiful. And he could not find anybody beautiful enough for him to fall in love with. And he traveled far and wide to find somebody so beautiful, and he couldn't. And one day he was by a pool, and he looked in at his reflection, and he saw the most beautiful person in the world, and he jumped to get him and drowned. Hence the term narcissistic. If you ever wonder where that comes from, it comes from this fascinating story. Yeah, what the relationship is between the god of the underworld Pluto and the dog, I don't know. But <laughs> I just, you know, Mars bars is obvious because everybody fights over it. But uh, as where Pluto fits in, I'm not too clear. But uh, but this is um, this is the uh, uh, this is the idea of narcissists. Now, there's a, there's a, a different story. Not a myth or a legend, and that is about um, uh, this is about uh, um, uh, Shimon Tzadik. Shimon Tzadik, the Gemara tells us, never ate from the korban of a nazir. And the reason he never ate from the korban of a nazir is because he felt that there was gaiva or taiva, or something like that that was associated with becoming a nazir. Right? Certain people, when they take upon themselves a higher level of performance of mitzvos, it could be because, you know, it's coming out of deep sincerity, and it could be because it makes them feel good about themselves. They're doing it for their own personal aggrandizement. Or perhaps it's because, as we know, and so it could be that this person saw a taiva or some other bad thing which is why he became a nausea you know, there's some association with it that he felt was not proper and one day a nausea comes into the base of Mikdash and he has long flowing beautiful hair really unusually beautiful hair I don't know how, how, what, the, what the yardstick is to measure that but whatever it is it was very, very beautiful here. And Shimon Tzadik was taken aback because part of the process is when you get your kapara, you got to cut off your hair. So he says to him, you have such beautiful hair. You know, why are you cutting it off? 
And with a pained look, he explains Shimon Tzadik. He says, I was one time out in the fields and I passed by a little lake or pool and I saw myself reflected in the water and I was taken with my own beauty. I thought how beautiful I was. And then I realized that's the eight Sahara. And I said, you're not going to get me. And on the spot, I became a nausea so that I could cut off my hair for her courage borrow. Because I saw myself reflected and I was moved by my own beauty. When you look in a mirror, you see yourself reversed. Right? That's obviously one of the, one of the problems with a mirror. You're going to see yourself reversed. In order to... Well, let's put it this way. A different way. If you want to clasp your hands, it's only going to work if you've got a left hand and a right hand. Two left hands cannot embrace. Two things that are the same don't embrace. Only two things that are different. One of the tragedies of our world is the fact that we live in a world where women want to be men. There are some men who want to be women, but you know that went out mostly in the 70s and 80s. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen so much. But, but there are men who, you know, might want to be women, you know. But I read in the most unbelievable article, which in fact somebody here sent me. And that is that the reform and conserve movements are suffering from a depletion of men. There are no men. When they make a camp, a co-ed camp, it's 80, 90% women. There are no men. And they can't figure out why. So they suggest in the article that because these movements bent over backwards and egalitarianism to destroy all differences between men and women, what they essentially did was feminize the Judaism to the point that the men feel like they don't have a role. People were so concerned with what's the women's role in Judaism that they destroyed the men's role. Well, there's no men's role in Judaism anymore, so they left. They play sports. You understand? They do their own thing. They, uh, why come to a religion that has no role for me? And so, you know, there's this feeling that if a man does something, it's inherently more important. That's never been the Jewish approach. The Jewish approach has always been that men and women are equal, but different. Hopefully, you know, I was talking in a group once that I had a a very rabid feminist, you know? And I said, are there any differences between men and women? She said, no. I said, take a minute and look around the room and see if you can spot any differences, you know? She says, okay, physical. I said, okay, physical? Don't you think that might somehow affect a person's outlook on life? You know? My gosh, there's a lady professor in uh, Harvard. Her name is Professor Gilligan. You know, and uh, she's been doing research for decades on the differences between the development of men and women emotionally and intellectually based on their physical differences. And she said, at least this was an article I saw in the New York Times in the 1980s, says when I go to give a, to present a paper, it's like a shootout at the OK Corral. 
because it's like so you know against any uh, any concept um, you know for uh, to suggest the difference between men and women. You know, I saw uh, when I was talking to Rabbi Meiselman, Rabbi Moshe Meiselman, the Shiva of Teres Moshe, and uh, he told me he was writing a, an article on uh, women uh, learning Gemara. So I said, oh really, what Makaris are you using? He says, Professor Gilligan from Harvard. <laughs> Didn't you ever read any of my stuff? Brilliant. <laughs> so I said, no, it's an Akron. I only do Rishonim. But anyway. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, but, it, but there's this concept of like, they can't make them. So therefore, we have to make women into men, you know, and I guess men are supposed to either stay the same or become women or whatever it is. And then when you have a whole society where everybody's the same, all you have are left hands. And nobody's embracing. Nobody can be, nobody can interconnect because there's not people who are different. <clears throat> there has to be differences for two people to be able to relate. As long as two things are the same, they're going to relate on one level, but they're not going to relate completely on the same level. <clears throat> Says the Al Shechakodesh. If you take a look at the beginning of Parshat Kisisa, and we talked about this maybe <clears throat> 10 years ago, maybe 8 years ago, I don't remember. It's a long time ago we talked about this. All the little parshios at the beginning of Parshat Kisisa, what are they doing there? And he explains that they're all there to fix the problem that was created by the Egel, which is what was, was the main part of Kisisa. He says it starts with the Machzis HaShekel, because the Machzis HaShekel is a half. And he says an unbelievable idea. He says, because Zohar and Akeva, Baruch made Adam Zohar and Akeva, which means that every person comes down into this world as a male and female soul. Sometimes they find each other. Yeah? Sometimes they don't because there's a Shidduch crisis. But assuming that they ever get over that, you know what I mean? Then they're supposed to find each other. You know, a male and a female is supposed to be able to connect. And those are two parts of the soul. And therefore, every Jew has to know that you bring a machsis a shekel because you're only half. And he says, and the parasha that comes immediately after that is what? The kiyor v'kanoi. And the women wanted to build the kiyor v'kanoi because they understood that that's the chibor of isha and isha. That connection is right there. Two left hands don't embrace. Two things that are different embrace. And therefore, a Zohar and a Keva are able to join together because they're different, not because they're the same. It's the differences that make each one powerful. And when you destroy <laughs> the differences, that's the terrible tragedy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot to say on this subject, but, uh, but it's a real problem, you know? When you, when you go into a marriage and, you know, the man doesn't know what it is to be a man and a woman doesn't know what it is to be a woman and then the two of them don't know how to be able to interact you know, because nobody's prepared to stand up and do what they have to do. And everybody's worried about what my role is and what's the other one doing and what does my, well, who am I? You know, is a person content to be able to be who I'm supposed to be? Instead, I'm so worried about what they're supposed to be. You know, it's, uh, it's a pity. It's a terrible pity. There's a lot to say on this subject. But, but uh, in any event, that's the idea. The idea is these two things. When you look in a mirror, you see yourself reflected in reverse. So Narcissus was able to see himself in a way that he was able to relate to himself. 
no trick to that. Whenever you look in a mirror, you see yourself reflected back at you, in reverse. So to speak, you could create a Kesha with yourself. You could make a Yachas with yourself. There's no trick to me looking in the mirror and seeing myself in such a way that I'm able to... You get to see this when you have a lot of teenage girls and not enough mirrors in the house and everyone's vying for a spot, you know, and you're getting in the way of me seeing myself. Can't you see I'm trying to look at me? I don't want to see you, you know? And then you have these, you have these, uh, you know, these pictures where like someone's trying to take a picture and there's always somebody trying to stick their head in, you know, underneath. Go away. I want to see myself. I don't want to see you. You know, get out of here, you know? <coughs> Today with Photoshop, you can take them out. But, you know, but there was a time when you had that. Whatever was there was there. I was just speaking to a photographer the other day, and he says to me, it's terrible today. Used to be. You took pictures. You made an album, and that was it. But now everybody understands. It's digital photography. So can you change this? Take that, take this, take that, you know? He says, so I, you know, every now and then at the wedding, I put in various gedolim. <laughs> Some who've been dead for many years. It's not a problem. You know? So what could be more chashiv, you know what I mean, than you know, like having your Baron Cutler getting a bracha under your chuppah, you know what I mean, like, you know, like, you know just line them all up, what does it make, I'll stick them in here, stick them in there, you know, like, you know, there's the chassan davening with the whole, you know, uh, you know, with the Moetzis Gedoli Torah, you know what I mean, there is in the middle, you know, you can do anything today, gosh, but, um, but that's the idea, you want to try to see myself, and you're interrupting my relationship with my reflection, so this Nazir looks at himself and he's taken with his relationship between himself and he says, wait a second, that's got to be the Yetzirah. Because any time I'm having a relationship with myself, then there's somebody who's being left out. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? He, he should be the one we're having the relationship with. Hence, the Mikubalim tell us. And uh, he's from Shklov, as in Mishkalov. Yeah? So um, he, he, uh, he has a whole piece on this. <clears throat> HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world with a chotem, and the world was the nechtam. Well, what, what, is, what is this trying to tell us? This is the concept of B'Tselem Elohim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made B'Tselem Elohim. If you want to make a picture, you want to stamp something on a ring. You first have to carve it out reversed. I tried to, you know, I mean, today people have, you know, um, all these fancy computer printing, you know, programs and laser printers, you know. When I was a kid in high school, my father got me a printing press. You know, and a printing press was invented by Gutenberg. This was that unbelievable chiddush. It was one of the greatest things. You had boxes of tiny little letters. And you get to line them all up backwards with little spaces and you can make a page. And then you stick it in ink and then you can make a whole bunch of copies. And when you're all done, you clean it off and you unscrew it and take all the little pieces and put it back in the box and then you make the next page. You take a look at a dot gemara. That's what they did. 
They took all these tiny little Rashi letters and they put these little spaces in, you know, and stuff like that. So now they're coming out with all these corrected ones. Of course, because they do it on the computer. What's the big deal? You know what I mean? Now you type it on. Let's see you do that with tiny little Rashi letters that you're lining up and try to keep a margin, you know? This is what it used to be to print. And that was an unbelievable thing because before that, if you wanted to make a page, you took a big piece of wood and you carved the entire page out so every letter was sticking out backwards. And then you could make as many copies as you want and then chuck it because there's nothing else you could do with this. So hence, printing was extremely expensive. <laughs> Guttenberg came up with this big chiddush. Oh, you have lots of little letters. You can stick them and put them back together and use them again. You understand? So, uh, you know, so that, was, that was how you made it. If you make a ring, it's a reverse image. When you push it in, that's a reverse image. The way of understanding this, or at least one way of understanding this is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us as a mirror image of himself. B'Tselem Elohim means that we are the, the exact mirror image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That means that we were created to relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a left and a right hand, not as two left hands. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be able to have that relationship with us. And when you get a mirror, the danger you have is you create a relationship with yourself. <clears throat> I said this over, I don't remember how long ago, maybe it was years ago, but I heard this once in a shiva, Moshe Shapiro, and it was just... It just uh, made such an impression on me. Yeah? Right? If you keep the mitzvahs you serve Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul, then you'll get rain, you'll get your crops, you'll get all this great stuff. Be careful whether your heart turns aside to other gods and you bow down and serve them. Then there won't be any rain and things will be very bad and you'll be kicked out of the river. Rebbeisha says, that's it? Either you serve Hashem with all your heart and all your soul, or you're Oved of What if I'm like, okay. <laughs> what if I'm not so bad? I'm an okay kind of guy. Do I get a little rain and some wine? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know a few loaves of bread? You know what I mean? Like, you know, what if I'm like 90%? How about if I'm 90%, you know? And I remember he looked at us, and he never does this. He says, I'm going to tell you something and it's very hard to hear, he says. He doesn't usually do damage control. <laughs> he just says it, you know. So I'm going to tell you this and it's very hard to hear, he says. If you don't serve Hashem 100%, then that means you're over the Because let's say I decide that I'm going to serve Hashem 99%. So I say to Hashem, Hashem, you are the all-powerful God and creator 99% of the time, but 1% I keep for myself. Then that's me. This is you. Don't care about it. I'll give you, a I'll give you 90% of it. 10% I keep for me. So then Hashem is not God at all. You're God. And you decide how much you'll let God have some control over your life. But that's only because you're the God-maker. And if I decide, God, you're God 90%, I'm being generous. But 10%, I'm keeping for myself. Hey, I could have made 50-50. I could have told you half you, half me. Right? I gave you 90%. I gave you most of it. Yeah, 90% of the Mars bar. <laughs> you know, what are you fighting with me for? Gosh, I'm a great guy. Because Baruch says, you're going to decide whether I'll be God or not. You're going to do me a favor. 
That means that if we're in this world and we look at the relationship between me and myself, and a Kurdish Baruch Hu can go in there too, stick his little head in the corner, you know what I mean? I, you know, we can always Photoshop him out if need be. You know what I mean? So that Kurdish Baruch Hu comes in, but a Kurdish Baruch Hu is coming in only as much as I allow him in with my relationship with myself. There's no trick to the wives looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, I'm lovely. I'm beautiful. I feel pretty. Whatever it is. They can look at themselves and walk away and say, I'm great. If you're old enough, hey. You know, that's it, you know? That's it. Look at myself and I'm very impressed. That's not what they did. That's never going to create a zivug. That's not going to out a connection. They said, look at the two of us reflected back. That's what we want. You see how there's a mirror image of both of us? That's what I'm trying to say to you. If we want to keep Klai Yisrael going, there's only one way. That means we don't look at ourselves. You're tired. I can't do this for you, sweetheart. I'm tired too. Right? The Medrash says they reverse the roles. That means that the, the women were out there, you know, carrying the rocks and, you know, and digging and that. And the men had to do housework. I understand why they were broken. You understand? Psychological torture. <laughs> I don't really understand it. But uh, today we're much more domesticated. But I, if you remember, like, Ricky Ricardo tried to cook rice, you know what I mean? That kind of thing, you know? You know, that, that scene, that scene, you know, that, that idea of, like, I can't handle it, you know? You know, everything's too hard. You know, I never got that whole thing. But, you know, it's a bit of a throwback. But, um, but that idea that, you know, it was reversed. So you know what? I'm also tired. I'm also not feeling so good. I'm also run down, you know? But I'm going to... Let's take it a step further. You know, women don't have a mitzvah period Therefore, the men are the ones who should have been you know, boiling up the water for the wives, cooking them a little fish. You know what I mean? Because we got to have children. And the truth of the matter is, big deal. You know what I mean? You're the one who has to be pregnant. Then you have to give birth under the apple tree and watch your kids get swallowed up and eat rocks. You know what I mean? You're the one who has the harder deal. The wife could say, listen, I don't have a mitzvah here. What do you want from me? There's a fascinating aspect of the kiyor. It's not a kli of the mishkan like all the other kalim. And that's why when we go through all the kalim of the Mishkan, with the exception of the Mizbeach Hazav, for reasons that everybody discusses, they're all in Pashas Truma. The Menorah, the Aron, the Mizbeach, the Chotzer, the, the Mishkan, the, you know, the, um, the um, Amudim, the Krushim, the Brichim, everything's there in Pashas Truma. And here in Pashas Kisisa is the Kiyon the Kano. It's not there. You know why? Because it's not a clea like all the other kilim. Should it be necessary, as we see on Yom Kippur, you could fill up a container with water and you could do kiddush adayim v'raglayim with that. You don't need the kior. The kior is not a regular clea like every other clea of the mishka. <coughs> There's no avoda that you do with the kior. It just helps you prepare for the avoda. So the wife said, well, that's my mirror. Because I didn't have any avoda to do, but my husband did. And I saw within this 
the idea of being able to help my husband fulfill the mitzvah. I'm giving these mirrors here. What happens with a sota? A sota means that a wife decided instead of trying to connect to her husband, she decided to connect to herself. And she went after whatever she decided instead of the two of us connecting. So now go to the kiyar because the kiyar is was built by women because they understood this. There's no trick to looking in a mirror at yourself. The trick is looking in a mirror with you and your husband. The trick is being able to move beyond yourself into something greater and something bigger. To be able to understand that, that I'm a reflection of the Kodesh Baruch Hu in this world. And if I have an opportunity to do this, and I thought, I said this idea over to the uh, Tamachachim at the School of Learning with the Vishadmi, and, uh, and he thought it was an interesting insight. Whatever you gave to the Mishkan, you had to give to the building of the Ego. Chazal tells. We talked about this years ago. The women didn't give anything to the building of the Ego. What did they need a kapara for? We talked about this in Parshat Yaakov, in fact, 10 years ago. What, what, what did they need a kapara for? There's a fascinating Gemara in Avodah Zarah, Dafir Pes, which says the following. Why was Avchanina ben Tragin killed? He was teaching with the Shem Hashem, the rabbi. Why was his wife killed? Because she didn't stop him. Says the Chaim Shmulevitz. And what exactly did you want Rebetzin Tradian to do? Right? Here he is, teaching with the Shem of Mepharish, this unbelievable name of the Osius of Hashem, or whatever it is that he's using, you know, and he's going to say to him, Kananya, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Stop it. <laughs> So she, there was no there was no proof that she was holding in the sugya, you know what I mean? You know that she was going to start bringing riots and she was going to start she was going to start arguing with him and says Rechayish because every wife knows whether what her husband is doing is right or not. Knows and he does and he ignores her at her peril. So the wives walked away by the ego. Wives walked away. But there must, there should have been some way for them to stop them. Like Own Ben Pelis stopped Korach from getting her husband. Stood in the doorway, took off her, took off her shaitel. You understand? Says, no, you're not coming. You know, scared him away. I don't know what. But there should have been some way for them to be able to. <coughs> so it was Dafka in this sense of helping you prepare for the avoda of the Mishkan to be machapra. That's what I want to have a special role in participating for. <clears throat> this is something to reflect upon. <laughs> it's almost Purim, I can say what I want. Amen. Because <laughs> the fact of the matter is that so much of our life is spent looking in a mirror. Looking in a mirror. And we don't want anybody else there because they're blocking our view. We're looking at ourselves. How could you do this to me? Do you know who I am? I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to take this. You know? Oh yeah, sure you do. <laughs> this and more. <laughs> A lot more coming. You know? Because really the main thing is supposed to be me and Akadosh Baruch when I look in that reflection and see myself, 
it's only because that's the Yetzirah. That's the Yetzirah that wants me to look at myself, that wants me to think of myself as the Koveya, that wants me to be as the Nachash tells Chava, the one who will create a Lamas. Who needs a Kodesh Baruch Hu? It's all about us. And when, and when we miss that Chosein, Nechtam relationship, when we understand that there's a reflection that we're supposed to be connecting to, and an Ish and Ish are supposed to be connecting, and every Yid is supposed to be connecting, as the Al Shech HaKadosh says, by the Machsis HaShekel, with each other. When you lack that, and we all look at ourselves, we talked about this in the past, right? That we had a greater Kabbalah Satayra and Purim only because we had a greater Achdus. The Archaim HaKadosh says that one of the three prerequisites for <coughs> Kabbalah Satayra is you have to go from the Vayachanu to the Vayichan. Ke'ishachad Balevachad. There has to be a sense of all of us being in this together. Not looking at our own reflection. Hence, Hence, when Haman wanted to destroy us, he said, you can destroy them because they're an am mefuzah mefurad. They're spread out. They're, they're divided. They're nothing. And there was only one thing that could save us. And that's what he wanted to cancel out with his kikar keser that he gave. That's the machsis hashekel. Because that tells us that every Jew is a reflection of each other and that instead of looking at myself, I have to look at the next person. And that's why in the end he says to Mordechai, your shkalem beat my shkalem. B'nai Yisrael came back together. And I thought to myself, I actually, I, 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 it was an idea that I heard from one of my Talmidim in Ar Sameach. You know, it says, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand how to make the menorah, because Baruch showed him a menorah shalish. And he still couldn't understand it until he throws it into the fire and it comes out fully made. I said, what was so hard? They made a model of the menorah. One of my Talmudim says, Rebbe, you answered already. Because the menorah represents achtos. It's made from one kikar. It has to be one piece and you can't add anything on. And it all has to be made. And all the, all the kanim point together to the middle. It represents achtos. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't figure out how to do that. It wasn't until you threw it in the fire that suddenly Klai Yisrael figured out how to come together. What a beautiful shot. And that's the same thing it says with a chetzi shekel. That that he, he doesn't understand the machis of shekel. He doesn't know what it looks like. Go down to the money changer. Say, give me a machis of shekel. You don't know, oh, this is what it looks like. Had to show him matbeyesh ha'eish. Because when you melt it, it comes together. Everything, everything joined. <coughs> Take those mirrors and make a kiyar. Figure out how not just to look at our own reflections, but to look at the next person. And when you reach that level, when you reach that level, then we understand. That's what the kiyar was doing. That's what the women were doing. That's the, that's the idea that if we can stop looking at ourselves and look at each other, as all of us look up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then we'll be able to have the emesat tzelem elokin that's supposed to be the Muslim Mashiach the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it to be in Mir Tzayashem.
Mitchell next year. I'm sorry, eight fifteen. Mitchell next year will be in two weeks at eight fifteen. Good to go.